My name is Bill Meeks, and as part of my editing process, I'm recording this draft of my novel, Dog Boy, Den of Thieves, as an audiobook. Thirteen-year-old Bronson Black moves to Colta City with his mysterious Uncle Randolph. When he discovers his father's trunk of secrets, he unlocks a new identity. As Dog Boy, he uses his trunk of tricks to protect the city from Andrus and the Guild of Thieves. Dog Boy, Den of Thieves, by Bill Meeks. Episode 10, Chapter 10, Anchored and Sold on a Pillow of Stone. It was midnight, and outside Colta City General Hospital, it was quiet. Erica Torres, a nurse at the hospital, was lingering outside a side door and enjoying the night air. She was on her 15-minute smoke break, which is what she called it, although she was one of the few nurses who didn't smoke. She figured if killing yourself slowly got you a 15-minute break two times a shift, then somebody who was making healthy choices deserved one too. Across the street, there was an agitated movement under a tree where the streetlight didn't reach. Erica felt a chill and decided it might be better to go ahead and cut her break short. She turned to head back into the side door and ran into a big block of a man. He looked like a prize fighter who'd lost one too many fights. Bald, muscular, and with a few important teeth missing. His left hand was gone, but in its place was a harness with a large wooden mallet attached to it. He gestured to the cigarette butts littered on the ground by her feet. Smoking is a real dirty thing, he said. I ain't gonna let you work on sick people after smoking. It ain't... what's the word? Like if it ain't clean. Erica didn't get the whole mallet hand thing, but she hoped he was just a concerned crazy and she'd be able to explain and get to the other side of the door. I think the word you're looking for is sanitary, she said. But I promise you I wasn't... Yeah, he said. It ain't stationary. He raised his mallet hand. Erica considered running back around to the front of the hospital where the security guards could see her. She hoped there was somebody watching the security monitors in the station. No, she said. Don't! Please! Blinding flashes of light popped all around her and the big brute. Sudden movement. A small person jumped between her and her attacker and hit him in the face. The sparks that were blinding her faded away and she saw what had to be a kid in some funky Halloween costume standing there while the bruiser rubbed his chin, looking more annoyed than anything. Get inside and call the police, the kid said in a nasally voice. This looks like a job for Dog Boy. She was confused, but the kid had a point. She could be back there with guards in a minute. How much damage could the big guy do in that short of a time? Thanks, kid, she said as she ran back inside. Dog Boy backed against the door as it closed behind her. This guy was big all right. Bigger than any crook he'd faced in the past couple of weeks anyway. But he still looked a little dazed from the weak glimmers which Dog Boy hoped would give him the advantage. The man cocked his head as his vision came back into focus. Dog boy, he said. Andrus was looking for a kid what looked like a dog. Oh, is there a reward? Because we can split the reward. I won't say a thing if you won't. One thing first, muscles. Dog boy rolled under the man's legs and jumped up onto his back, digging his fingers into his eyes. I used to have a pup like you, the man said. He was ornery. The man reached up and grabbed a hold of Dog Boy's cape. He used to play like he was fighting me too. He yanked Dog Boy over his head and held him a couple of feet off the ground. The cape dug into his neck and he struggled to breathe. The man reeled back his added appendage, ready to strike. You don't play with no one no more. Dog Boy reached up to the clasp that held the cape on and released it. He dropped to the ground. He ran up and over a bench and leapt on top of a bus shelter. 
Didn't your mom ever tell you it's not nice to hit people? He asked, standing out of the big man's reach. The man ran over and slammed the shelter with his mallet. It shook and Dog Boy lost his balance. He fell hard on the sidewalk and the man scooped him up and squeezed him tight in a bear hug. When you're as big as me, you can do what you want, he said. Dog Boy struggled against him. The man pushed Dog Boy's face into his shoulder, pressing the plastic mask up against his mouth and stuffed up nose. Dog Boy couldn't breathe, and the street lights turned into stars as the rest of the street faded away into darkness. Is it him? Dog Boy heard her voice ask as he came to. He decided to remain until he could figure out what was going on. His eyes were hidden by the mask, so he felt safe sneaking a peek. He was somewhere where there were a lot of trees, and he could hear running water off in the distance. Two men stood above him, the big guy from the hospital, and Blaze from the parking garage. You're darn tootin' hot, John, said Blaze. Hot John, the big guy from earlier, turned around. A portly man in a sweater vest and old-fashioned spectacles sat on a bench behind him, feeding some pigeons popcorn from a paper bag. I done good, Osbert? he asked. On the contrary, my brutish companion, you have done exceedingly well. I didn't expect one with such meager aptitude to remember our leader's directive. Hot John stood there like a dumb lump, unresponsive to anything he'd just heard. You done good, Osbert said. Wahoo! Hot John said. Blaze leaned down and plucked a blade of grass from the ground. He stuck it in his mouth and started chewing. Dog Boy slipped his hand down towards the knife holstered on his ankle. Jonathan, Osbert said, if you would be so kind as to transport our captive. Now hold on a darn second, Blaze said. I deserve a crack at him, I reckon. My dear friend, Osbert said, remember, Andrus said the boy should be captured, but that above all else he shouldn't be harmed. I know you want your revenge. Believe me, I want that for you, but it will come in due course. Besides, to do so would risk Andrus's wrath. I think we can all agree that that is the most unappealing option. Blaze shuffled to his feet. I reckon you're right. Guess I'll just wait till some other night. Excellent, Osbert said. Jonathan, if you could pick up the boy, we'll be on our way back home. Hot John stood there staring at Osbert as if he was a unicorn. Dog Boy pulled the knife from his ankle and concealed it in his hand. Grab the kid, Osbert said. Hot John hoisted Dog Boy over his shoulders. I can't wait to tan your hide, boy, Blaze said. Dog Boy lifted up his head and looked at Blaze. I double dog dare you. He whipped the knife across Hot John's shoulder and landed on the ground. Hot John stumbled back, holding the wound. Blaze lunged at Dog Boy. A quick flash forward helped Dogboy dodge him, and he ducked between Blaze and Hot John and ran as fast as he could. Osbert jumped in front of him, but Dogboy slid between his legs. Osbert plopped down on Dogboy's back and caught his feet. His glasses fell off as he struggled to keep the boy from kicking him in the face. A rascally yay forsooth knave, he grunted. Dogboy couldn't move his body, but his arms were free. He reached back and tickled Osbert behind the knee. The fat man chortled and instinctively jumped away from the source of his merriment. Dog Boy got to his feet and ran into the woods, disappearing from view. Osbert picked up his glasses and walked over to Hot John and Blaze. A query, he said. To what end can a brain function if the limbs do not cooperate? You're confusing me again, Hot John said. I know, Jonathan, Osbert said. I know. 
Osbert went to the tree line and looked for any sign of the child. It was no use. He was gone, and Andrus would not be pleased. Osbert, Hot John, and Blaze sat alone in Andrus's office, waiting for him to arrive. They'd left instructions for the tunnel guards to have him come to his office as soon as he got there. Osbert turned to his two cohorts. Gentlemen, Osbert said, I must implore you to let me inform Andrus of our failures. If all of us expect to leave this room with, if all of us expect to leave this room with everything intact, it is imperative we break it to him gently. Hot John and Blaze nodded their heads in agreement. The door opened and Andrus stepped through and walked over to his chair. My three most trusted men requesting my presence. I'm expecting something earth-shattering, but I'm not expecting anything good. What is it? Osbert wiped his palms on his corduroy pants and cleared his throat. Andrus, sir, tonight we had an encounter with the child you've taken an interest in. Dog boy? Andrus asked. Wonderful. Where is the little scamp? I have questions for him. Well, sir, we weren't able to bring him in. You see, Andrus stood up and twirled his cane around in his hand. So, you just caught a glimpse of him then. Well, then why go to all this trouble to meet with me? This could have been communicated in your nightly reports. You are wasting my time. Well, funny thing, Osbert said with a crack in his voice. We had a hold of him for a few minutes thanks to Jonathan's excellent fighting skills. Andrus walked over and pressed the cane into Osbert's chest. So you are telling me he got away? Yes, sir, Osbert coughed out. That is utterly and completely unacceptable. Andrus said. Details. Now. Everything. I want to know who I need to punish. Andrus turned away from them, disgusted. Osbert straightened out his clothes. The boy interfered with Jonathan while he was out collecting, he said. Jonathan subdued the boy. I smashed him good, Andrus, Hot John said. Osbert glared at Hot John and continued. After knocking the boy out, Jonathan brought him to our rendezvous spot near the outer edge of Dixon Park. The boy was unconscious as far as we knew. Blaze asked to assault the boy as a means of revenge for their previous encounter. As I was convincing him to give up such goals and bring him back here as instructed, the boy awoke. And despite mine and Jonathan's best efforts to stop him, he escaped into the woods. And how did he manage to escape from three full-grown men? Andrus asked. Men who have all been trained to stop people, no less. You're all professional thieves. Well, as you can see, he cut Jonathan with a knife, and he... Oh, this is quite embarrassing. He tickled me while I held him down. And you? Andrus asked Blaze. He ran right past me, I reckon. Blaze replied. Andrus returned to his chair and tapped his cane against the floor. He sat there for several minutes, and none of the other men dared say a word. Whatever punishment he was concocting would be far more severe if they spoke out of turn. Andrus picked up his cane and paced in front of them. I would be lying if I said I was pleased. However, your encounter with the boy has afforded us some insight into his ability, which I'll need a full report on as soon as possible. Nevertheless, mistakes were made. Andrus stopped in front of Blaze and took his hat off of his head. Ego preceded instruction, and inaction on somebody's part allowed this dog boy to escape. Please, kneel on the floor, brother. Blaze, shaking and scared, stood up and knelt on the floor in front of Andrus. Andrus tossed Blaze's hat down and took up his cane. He pulled on the end of the cane and it came loose, revealing a sharp blade. 
You are one of my most trusted men, and it breaks my heart to do this. But you have allowed this whelp to escape not once, but twice. You are hereby relieved of your position, and will be made an example of. Andrus gestured to the door with his cane. Osbert, Hotjohn, you can leave now. Osbert and Hotjohn left without any words of comfort to Blaze. They wouldn't even look him in the eye. The three men had worked together for months, but with a few words from Andrus, Blaze became a stranger. Osbert closed the door behind him. As they walked down the hall, Blaze's screams echoed through the dark hallway. By the time they reached the end of the hallway, the screams had stopped, and they both knew they would never see Blaze again. Thank you for listening to this installment of the audiobook Dog Boy, Den of Thieves by Bill Meeks. For more installments or information about the upcoming book, please visit dogboyadventures.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bill Meeks. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.